Thanks for listening to Marketing B2B Tech, the podcast from Napier where you can find out what really works in B2B marketing today. Welcome to the latest edition of Marketing B2B Technology, the podcast from Napier. Today I've got Joel Harrison from B2B Marketing, um, who's talking about uh, what uh, B2B marketers need um, and also how he's uh, evolving the publication um, and developing uh, some new features. So um, without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Joel. Thanks, Mike. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Well, um, before before we get into detail, I mean, can you just give uh, some of the readers, if they're not I'm familiar with um, what you do, a little bit about yourself um, and also about the B2B marketing website. Well, B2B marketing, I mean, it's, it's one of those titles for an organization that makes perfect sense when you publish a magazine because it obviously is your masthead. But then when you take it outside of that, it um, becomes a generic term. We've been we, we launched in the um, early noughties in 2004 with the aim of, of recognizing, celebrating, promoting, encouraging the B2B marketing sector, which at that time, Mike, I expect you may remember, was seen as something of a sideshow and a kind of um, poor relation to, to B2C marketing. And you know, we're relieved that we're thrilled that in that time it, it's come on leaps and bounds and is really recognised as a proper serious discipline in its own right. And you know, we we flatter ourselves that we've been in no small part uh, part of that journey that the whole industry's been on. And we've been doing that uh, over that period by um, lots of different things we've done. Um, it's all around content and, and events. Initially, we, it was a magazine, and then we've quickly got into events. We had a great awards program, award ceremony. It's one of those nights, which is a bit like what they said about the 1960s. If you if you can remember it, then you weren't really there. Um, and um, we do lots of conferences, four conferences a year. We do training, we produce reports, and do web- webinars, podcasts of our own. Um, and we've got a leaders program where we um, where we bringing together uh, CMOs, marketing directors, heads of marketing to talk about key issues in a kind of safe space for a number of years. So a lot of stuff all around helping marketers to be better and be more successful, more and more co- better connected around the world of B2B marketing. And, you know, it's kind of been doing it for, dare I say, pushing 20 years now, terrifyingly long amount of time. Um, very, very rewarding. I love the industry. It's a great place to work. Fantastic. Now it sounds like you've you've changed uh, what you do quite a lot from you know starting out you know I guess primarily as a magazine to to where you are now and I understand you're now actually uh, no longer going to publish the magazine and building yourself much more around uh, being an online community is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we were literally just taking this decision in the last matter of weeks. We um you know our, our leaders program, as I said before, has been the, the core of the business for a while now, but. We hadn't really developed it from the initial um, very much since we initially launched it, you know, a number of years back. Um, and um, where publishing is going, publishing is uh, re- you know retrospective term, um, is moving towards online communities. We're seeing much; it's very much a trend happening in, in, across marketing uh, as a whole. Um, and uh, it's a great way of of actually just um, formalising what we've always already done. And if you've ever been to our Ignite event, all the B2B Marketing Awards, you know this because it's a great mating place for people. You bump into people that you haven't seen for years and you make opportunities to connect with people that um, that you know are going. Um, and so we've always provided that facilitation. But what Zapnito, the platform we're building some, will allow us to do is to, make, is to provide that on a whole different level and provide that um, both informal stuff, but very formalised um, connectivity and learning and shared experiences, shared perspectives, um, and producing a whole different type of content as well to feed into that um, via all via this very um, very powerful online platform. So we're really excited about it. As a consequence of that, you know, the magazine has has been a great kind of centre of the business for a long time. Information patterns have changed. 
um, consumption people how they consume information is, is different um, and the media landscape is different and you know the time has come to move on from it and you know I, I have I have a, a degree of kind of it's a sad day for me at least because I've been there all the way through and I've put my heart and soul into that product but you know when the you know business is business and when the time comes to move on you have to do that be unsentimental and look to the future and that's what we're doing and we're very excited about the future. That sounds fantastic I mean how much of this is driven by the challenges of getting print advertising to fund the magazine um, <laughs> compared with the opportunity to get online um, promotion or online income? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, Mike, uh, print advertising hasn't funded the magazine for quite a long time. Um, we've, you know, we've sold print advertising in it, as, but mostly as part of larger deals. You know, what are our business as a kind of lead generation, uh, as, in terms of kind of the media that we sell, um, lead generation has been where it's at for a number of years now and so um, what typically people buy from us is um, is lead generation services in the form of webinars or content co-creation or content dissemination roundtables increasing starting you know, increasingly podcasts as well that's more brand rather than leads um, so the advertising in the magazine was a kind of uh, the icing on the cake which was inconsistent icing on the cake if that's not stretching a metaphor so um, you know the, that 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 model role was, has has gone um, a while ago, and um, you need to move with the times. And that's interesting. So, how how are you funding the business now? I mean, I, I one of the things that always amazed me was you were so successful in getting people to pay for subscriptions to access the premium content on the website. Um, something I think a lot of uh, publications that us B two B marketers target would love to be able to do. So, can you let us into some secrets as to how you did that and how else you're building your income? Well, um, you know, the, the, the membership, as as was, was both based around getting the magazine and getting the best content, which is the premium reports that we did. You know, and we weren't the only people to do that. There were other people in the market, both marketing and um, other sectors that, that did similar things. And one that always leaps to mind is procurement leaders in the procurement space. We're very, very good at this kind of stuff. Um, you know, when we launched, we, were, we launched into a market where there were 20 marketing magazines and we knew that another controlled circulation magazine wasn't going to make it by itself so we needed to do something different and you know it's it, 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 it was indicated I think because of how things have played out I mean you know we've always had to be agile and we've always had to be flexible and responsive and we had to pretend to not treat um, content like a commodity um, and try and take the high ground and you have to go to where people find the value and I think um, you know, there was a point where uh, the reports are very very valuable they provide great evidence and and comparative information but you know, this is why we're going with community because that's it's that ability to connect with people in a, in a safe space and to share experiences without being um inappropriately sold to that that is hugely valuable to people interesting yeah so are you going to keep with premium membership or is that something that's going away and you're becoming more of a open access site Sorry, you do ask that. I apologise. I didn't quite cover that in my previous response. I mean, a lot of our content has always been free um, on the mm -hmm. website, certainly. And uh, we will, our existing website um, is, we're going to revamp it, but it's going to remain fundamentally the same. You'll have to probably um, be registered to access a bit more of it, but it won't be paid for. But the best stuff, as, as is the moment, as is at the moment, will be, will be in a separate platform. Uh, the platform is called Propolis, and it's launching on Monday, Monday the 18th of January. Um, it will be, you'll be able to see um, some of it from, you'll be able to see a kind of taster of it on our main site, but the most of it will be behind a paywall. Um, and we're selling deals to people to access that now. And um, we are selling, it's, it depends on, you know, we're at, it's, it's built for client-side marketers, you know, 
agencies that are separate opportunities, more kind of sponsor orientated. Uh, and vendors, because it's those, it's the client side community that we're really set up to serve, um, the, the core of those people. So yeah, it, it'll, it'll, it's a dim, it's a different kind of model. But we're, what we're seeking to sell now, the benefit of the community is, you allows you to sell a, a corporate subscription. So you're able to access this, the CMO, if there is a CMO in your organisation, can access and can engage with one audience, and then you can also um, at the uh, have different forums to access at different levels. So if you're a head of content, for example, there's um, a place for you and if you're maybe a marketing manager there's more as a place for you as well around and it's geared around levels and also around kind of topic areas as well so um, and we'll be bringing hopefully bringing some of the event stuff in as well where we kind of extend the life of our events over into those forums so it's really exciting um, and um, yeah we're, 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 it's gonna it's really transforming up us as a business that sounds amazing we're really looking forward to seeing it great I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, you're obviously right at the leading edge of um, some of the publications, business models, um, but also you have the challenge of understanding what the trends are in B2B marketing. I, I mean, can you talk a little bit about how you understand, you know, what people care about? Um, and as you say, you particularly serve the client side marketer. How do you understand, you know, what questions they're asking so you can provide the answers? Well, it's a good, very good question. I mean, we're actually doing a piece of research just now, which we're hoping to launch the results of um, very soon. It's called our annual trend tracker, where we basically ask people about a number of kind of marketing trends or, or um, topics and how they and ask them to how they prioritize those things against each other. Uh, and, that, and that actually that data, the survey's just closed. I don't actually have the results to it yet, but it'll be published um, in February um, and it will be in part of our agency's benchmarking report. So you'll be able to see it there. Um, so that's one way we do it. Um, the other way is more anecdotal. Um, one of the things which we did when um, when um, COVID hit, I took over responsibility for the roundtables we were doing, and actually we'd had them physically. And it was one of those. It's a classic example of how COVID has helped people to innovate and do things more effectively digitally. And we moved the roundtables from being physical things in our office to being digitally, and the response was just uh, fantastic. You know, we got it, it, it was so welcome. The attendance went up dramatically, particularly in the early days, because people needed a support network. They needed to go to places where they could they could let off steam and you know see if other people are having the same problems they were. So, talking to senior marketers on a either a group basis or a one to one basis, and listening to people, I listen to a lot of conference sessions because I host all our conferences. Um, you know, I, I get a sense of what's going on there, and I'm not. I, you know, and I, by the way, I don't want to be snobby about agencies because. You know, agencies have supported us from the very earliest days and continue to be um, key supporters and key components of the industry, absolutely fundamental components of the industry. I've got some very, very good friends working for B2B agencies that I've known uh, all throughout the time I've been doing it and some, some of them before. Um, and, um, and I learn a lot from them. So it, it's really, it's kind of like, it, I see it in some respects, my job as editor-in-chief hasn't changed when I was a magazine editor. It's your job to take an aggregate to listen to disseminate the sig to listen to everything and to, to determine the kind of signal from the noise and understand where the trends are and, and you know I think I'm, I'm reasonably good at that um, but you, you know you have to play you have to try to watch out for your own biases which is, which is not always easier easier said than done sometimes definitely yeah uh, I, I think I'm interested and, and I think a lot of people listening to the podcast be interested to know you know what do you think are the the biggest things that um, marketers in the B2B space should be thinking about over the next year? Well, I think we're still, um, obviously, 
you know, very tragically, you know, the, the pandemic is, is by no means over and was going to be with us for a long time. And I think that's continuing to shape things as they go, as, as we go. I think one of the most fascinating, and I alluded to earlier on, you know, I think the last couple of years, the penny had dropped, the transformation was no longer an option, but perhaps the urgency thing hadn't come into play, which I think now everyone accepts that there is no, there, there, there is no time we have to do. You, you cannot transform fast enough, really. So, and, that, and I think that's a great opportunity for marketers, and we've seen it so often. Some of, so many of our members are saying the things they've been able to do they couldn't do before because um, the, the crisis, frankly, has created a, an agenda for change, and marketing, if played well on the front foot, can do that. And agencies benefit from that as well because they can, they can bring fresh thinking in. And uh, so, so everyone, everyone benefits from it. And I think I know that, um, like a lot of your audience is the tech sector. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see the tech sector seems largely unaffected by covid um and, and um which is extraordinary and and brilliant news for b2b so i think you're going to see a lot more of that i think you're going to see um the, the kind of subject of sales enablement has absolutely come to the fore because it is um it's it's shifted the balance of power between marketing and sales and marketing is sales are relying on marketing to help them engage with prospects and customers in a way they never have done before you know they can't do physical meetings anymore they need to know how to use content better know how to use digital events better um and so that's that's part of um, that's again accelerated this the kind of shift in power balance or or, or a greater equilibrium and alignment um, that probably wasn't there before. So we're going to see more sales enablement. We're going to see more focus on digital events as they evolve and content will blur with digital events, I think. We're seeing that and that's where communities are a great way of, of, of allowing that. Um, and I think, I mean, the, the, the focus, the migration towards account-based thinking, everything, sales and marketing and everything else in between, you know, that's it has just is going to continue. So lots of trends. And there's others as well, but you know, how long have you got? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, one of the trends that you talked about I find particularly interesting is the change in the relationship between marketing and sales. With, you know, sales understanding that they need marketing and are getting value from um, uh, working with marketing. I, I mean, do you think that's a, a trend that's going to continue, or once COVID is over, do you think uh, we'll, we'll end up, you know, breaking up with sales and uh, destroying the relationship? I, I think it will. I think it will continue, but we can't take it for granted. Um, and marketing has to continue to work hard to uh, to demonstrate its value um, and to preempt what sales needs. And it's so fascinating how how long people have been saying that. It's been a truism for as long as we've been running the business, and it will continue. I'm sure it will continue to be the issue. Just the the dynamics of that relationship and the need has shifted. Um, I think the, the the what seems to have changed is the point where. Um, where, where customers raise their hand and acknowledge and re make themselves known to salespeople has shifted. You know, there was a point about seven years ago when Gartner and Series to sit or um, CEB showed that it was kind of something like two thirds of the way through the buyer journey. Mm -hmm. uh, the suggestion it's kind of shifted onto about eight, about you know, eighty percent of the way through the buyer journey, um, and so you're seeing now much more of the trend, much more of the decision being made before they even. Have raised their hand, and therefore you're, the the, the spectre of e-commerce kind of comes, you know, it, it looms, um, which is fascinating. And I learned recently that you can pretty much buy a JCB online, um, which is fascinating, but also terrifying. If like me, you've got a three-year-old at home who's obsessed with diggers, um, um, and I'm never going to show him that page where you can do that because otherwise uh, I'll be bankrupt within about 20 minutes. So um, uh, yeah, it's 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 really it's really um, 
it, it has really shifted and I think it's but I think marketing back to your point marketing's got to continue to work to dem- continue to demonstrate the value because I think salespeople will more likely to go off and go back to the old ways given the chance yeah interesting I mean one of the the things I think I I've seen is that as this um, proportion of the customer journey before the um, customer puts their hand up extends um, there's been a more and more reliance um, on marketing technology and marketing tools um, do you want to comment on that because obviously I mean b2b marketing does a lot in terms of looking at that marketing technology stack yeah there's much more reliance on tech and it's um kind of terrifying how much it is um, I feel a bit like we're in a and we're actually doing some research on that right now as well we have our conference called get stacked which is happening in um, in March and that's our annual look at the role of technology and particularly marketing operations as an enabler of that. So um, yeah, it's it's really um, uh, it's it's. I think that there is a growing sense of maturity around it though, whereas before we um, people were just there was a kind of a, it was a kind of wild west gold rush mentality. I think think things have calmed down a little bit now, and people are starting to understand um, the complexity of it and making more measured decisions, but. You know, the, the the tech companies are the best marketers in B two B, and um, they're and they're st- we're still marketers are still affected by shiny object syndrome. So, um, there, there's you know there will continue to be decisions made that probably don't stand much scrutiny. Fascinating. I mean, I think one of the things I like about your Get Stacked conference is it's going away from looking at particular point tools as being a solution. Um, and actually talking about the, you know the entire um, stack you have of, of marketing technology is that something you're finding is resonating with people that they now realize that there's no one solution you need a portfolio of products oh 100 percent yeah I think the um the, the notion that one one platform by itself is gonna is gonna is what you need is is, is I, I think is very increasingly um, you know recognized as no longer the case Um and, and it is about the infrastructure, and it is about the stack, and the, and the num- and there's a the, the bigger the organisation, the more wastage there is in that. And um, yeah, I love this notion of Franken tech, where you have technology that should have been turned off, but um, somehow is undead, and it was continuing to exist long after anybody really got any value from it. So um, yeah, that the you know as a small business, we took our first marketing operations person on last year, and um, hard to imagine now how we could have done without him um, because. There's just stuff that he knows that and can do that nobody else can. So um, it's definitely a journey that people need to get onto and um, uh, and start scrutinising what you've got and how best to be, best to use it. Fascinating. Um, just moving on. I mean, obviously you're you're morphing into more of a a, a social um, kind of community rather than um, being this conventional, you know, uh, single direction publisher. I, I mean, how do you see social media developing for B two B marketers over the next few years? That's a good question. Um, I think it's, I feel like it's, you know, it, it doesn't feel like so long ago to me and possibly to you, Mike, that it was the young pretender and people were, were kind of arguing about whether it would be relevant or not. Um, you know, I see now LinkedIn as a utility and Twitter to a certain extent as well. You know, I, I couldn't do my job without it. It's, I refer to it countless times a day. It's so it's gone into the background um, and I don't see any large leaps forward. I see a continual refinement of of platforms of of of, of usage. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I think people are 
again, it's it's a, a gradual maturation of of understanding of what it can do and how to do it, um, and that it's not the be all and end all. Um, so it's a very very powerful tool if used correctly, but and, and it, but the, the subtleties are sometimes elusive to people, and I think it's um, as much around the kind of sense of listening rather than than broadcasting that that works uh, that is most that's most effective and is of most value to people yeah i definitely agree i think one of the the big challenges is as marketers we've we've kind of been trained to be the ones talking all the time and actually that's not necessarily um, an effective strategy when you look at something like social i completely agree yeah um uh talk less listen more as they say yeah so I'm interested about the uh, new um, community. It, it's it's fascinating because B2B marketing's always been a, a mix between um, helping people do their jobs and also helping people develop and grow their careers. I mean, do you have a, a priority there? Are you, do you see yourself more as a an educational resource or somewhere that people go to make decisions? I mean, both. We've we've like kind of professional development's definitely been part of our our kind of remit and and. You know, training has been a really strong area of the business for the last few years. I think what's interesting is that that is that's been changed, possibly not so positively by COVID, because we used to run training sessions in the office where people would would come to our office, you know, twenty people a day, and they'd talk about ABM all day, and it was great because they got actually part of the value was that collab that collegiate collaboration thing, getting exposed to other people. That doesn't work in digital in the same way. Um, so we're still we're in the process of we're still offering training. It's still successful, but not quite the same way. And we're still trying to figure out how that works. But I think everything we do as a background is about development. Um, you know, and I I think there's the the the, the world of training. Um, there is a blurring of boundaries between what is content, and what is training, and that will continue to be the case. And we haven't. I don't think we've got a satisfactory answer yet. Uh, and I know. Sometimes it's easier to come up with that answer if you're starting from a you know, green, a, a blank slate. So, you know, ask me again in six months' time. Maybe I'll be able to answer you better. Yeah, I'd certainly agree with you. And talking to other agencies, I know that um, you know maintaining training whilst everyone's working remotely is one of the big challenges of of COVID and remote working. Um, so I totally understand that. Yeah. In terms of, of moving forward. I'm really intrigued. You know, you see a lot of um, B2B marketers. You work with a lot of uh, very senior B2B marketers as well. I, I mean, do you have any advice um, on how people can build um, their career, how they can, you know, grow their knowledge so they become more valuable to their organisations? I think um, a few things I say when I do. I do a lot of in-company speaking, so I go to uh, B2B marketing teams and talk to them about exactly what we're talking about here, but probably more detail around the trends. Um, and the things that I always say to them is is if you want to build grow as a marketer um you need to you need to make time to learn always to be basically creatively curious always and make time to learn and expose yourself to new ideas and new thinking um, and it's easier said than done i struggle with it myself that's the first thing the second thing is is to is to actively engage and promote yourself and find your voice don't be a wallflower get involved in communities get involved in linkedin write blogs you know volunteer for things um, you know, you get so much out of being proactive and involved with things um, than than you do by 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 just just watching and listening. And it and it is it requires a mindset change. And if you're British like me, it, it's easy to to go to be to be modest and not think you've got anything to offer. But you do. And sometimes saying what you think and having someone disagree with it is the most powerful thing you can do because you'll both learn from that. 
So so get out there, you know, start blogging, start get onto Twitter. It's annoying, and um, Donald Trump's off it now, so we're all happier. Um, and um, and but but it but it does a great way of promoting yourself. And the third thing is. Um, learn the language of business learn what your boss what your boss needs to know and what your boss's boss needs to know talk about frame what you talk about in the context of their requirements and needs not just about what you think is important for your career right now Uh, so talk the language of business and be conversant in that and ready to talk about that and the last thing is is what has always been is be passionate because nobody ever did anything if they weren't passionate about it and i think if you can't i think I think it's a wonderful industry to work in. It's never been richer, more dynamic, more exciting, more rewarding. And if you can't be passionate, if you don't feel passionate about it, I appreciate there are obstacles at the moment. But if you don't think you can be passionate about your job and your profession, then you're probably in the wrong job or profession. Um, If you can be passionate, you'll be much better at what you do. I think that's fantastic advice. I I mean, just one thing I do see with uh, a lot of B2B marketers is that they kind of get very corporate and very cautious um, and you must see this with a, a lot of B2B organizations as well, where, where frankly, they can become a bit dull. I mean, do you think that's something that organizations need to and are going to fix over the next um, you know, few years? Yeah, well, I think there's some huge strides been made in that already. I think if you compare it to the, market, the advertising, and I say advertising specifically, that you used to see in the noughties, um, I mean, and it was corporate, and it was it been rung through, rung out through a, a corporate, um, often um, BS machine, shall we say, um, and, and it was you know let's make the logo bigger and all of those kind of cliches. That was where advertising and marketing was in the in the noughties, and where it is in twenty twenty one is a world away from that, and and it is humanized so much. And I think, and actually, this is something that pandemic again has accelerated, and I think this is a positive thing. And there have been many positive things to come from coronavirus along with uh, the many obviously horrendous and tragic things that happened but but it's it's broken down one of it's it's finally kind of banished those last perspectives of b2b being corporate and and distant and human and it's 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 you know it's it's all about it's so much more human as industry as a profession as a communication style to do the cold corporate advertising these days just it's 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 something out the art now and and so it's come on an awfully long way and and um and i think it's a much better industry as a consequence that's great i mean it's great to hear your your enthusiasm and your optimism i'm i'm amazed because you've you've run a publishing business in probably you know the 20 years where there's been the most change and probably the most challenges for publishers um and you've morphed into this this new um community focused business um that that you know is really exciting i'm really looking forward to seeing it um, so it's great to see your optimism. So I'd, I'd love to ask you, you know, is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners um, that you think would help them move forward in their careers um, and provide us with some more of this this great enthusiasm and optimism? Uh, I, th- I think um, I just kind of probably go back to the point I made earlier on. You know, I think it was Winston Churchill that said, never waste a good crisis. And, um, you know, now is the time to change things. It's going to be much when things return to normal in inverted commas, whatever that looks like. It'll be harder to do that. So now's the time to change things. Be bold, be brave, push yourself. Um, and I'll, I'll repeat, a Dave. I, my wife is a massive David Bowie fan, and I was listening to a lot of the five years on uh, after his death this weekend. And one of the things that he said, which I think actually somebody who I admire very tremendously, Brian McCready, uh, who's a great B two B marketer, says, you know, if you you need to put yourself slightly outside of your comfort zone 
and if you're and that's the right place to be because if that's if you're outside of you if you're just nudging at the edge of what you're comfortable with then you're going to grow if you're just doing what you believe is comfortable and safe you're not going to grow you're probably not going to be anything like as successful as you would be you know make mistakes and, and, and embrace those mistakes and then move on and do something better next time um, you know I, I think the time to be safe is this isn't the time to be safe and if you want to if you're ambitious then it's definitely not the time to be safe that's great advice so if people want to go out and take risks and, and start engaging with other b2b marketers i mean obviously a great place to go would be the uh the new community so can you tell people how they can get involved and, and sign up and, and engage in that community well it, it is a um you know it's not open to everybody i'm going to be honest about this you know we ha- are happy to to um sell membership to it um to talk to, to put you in sorry i wouldn't sell anything but to put you in contact with a team who can uh, sell you access to it um, we know we'd love you to join, love to participate in it. There are going to be there are eight. Um, it's called Propolis, which is a, a word relating to bees, and, um, and and Propolis is the resin which bees use to create the hexagonal hexagonal hives. And within the structure, there are eight different communities uh, run all run by an expert. Um, we have or a trainer, someone who knows their stuff. People like Shane Redding, for example, are, are leading one of those hives. Um, and the weather, like-minded people talking about the topics that that are relevant into them. So we'd absolutely love to get you involved. If you'd like to, to understand more about um, the, the pricing structure, uh, please contact me. You know, um, we'd love to be able to offer this for free, but you know, we have a living to earn, um, and uh, there's a huge amount of value to be derived from from this. Um, so, and it's a huge amount. And it costs a lot to run as well. So um, that's that's the nature of the business. But we are. It's definitely we we want this to be the home of B two B marketing. We want it to be a vibrant, dynamic community which sets the tone for what goes ahead. And we'd love you to be part of it. So please get in contact with me, and I'd love to tell you more. Well, that's great, and I think um, people should look at this as a real investment rather than a, a cost, you know. Um, and I think particularly, you know, if we'd look at some of the uh, UK-based marketers, people are perhaps less willing to invest in future and education. And so hopefully, you know, Profilis will um, let, you know, and encourage more people to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think if you, you know, and if you don't believe that, come to one of our events, even our digital events. We had a, a call just now with a, with the US agency saying, I've never seen engagement levels like the ones that you had at your abm conference last year you know and, and americans are typically much more gung-ho than us us kind of warflower brits are um and they were knocked out by it so um you know uh th- that's an indication of the kind of community we're trying to cultivate and we already have successfully cultivated so we're looking for more of that and we hope you can be part of it that's really exciting we actually had um somebody attend the abm conference as well from napier and i know they came back and they wrote uh, i think five or six blog posts about it they were so excited so uh, i totally agree the events are great um if people want to get hold of you joel what's the best way for them to contact you um you can uh, tweet me I'm, I'm on b2b mark i'm on joel underscore b2b editor at twitter um you can reach me on linkedin or you can email me uh, joel.harrison at b2bmarketing.net that's joel.harrison at b2bmarketing.net I'd love to hear from you that's fantastic thank you so much for being on the podcast Joel I really appreciate it Mike you're absolutely welcome thanks so much for inviting me thank you thanks so much for listening to Marketing B2B Tech we hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favourite podcast application If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn.